The Garter by Frederick Walker Lamson, read for LibriVox.org by Stephen Paul Pascal on November 14, 2017. The healthy, wealthy wise affirm that early birds secure the worm, and doubtless so they do. Who scorns his couch should earn by rights a world of pleasant sounds and sights that vanish with the dew. Bright phosphor from his watch released, now fading from the purple east, the morning waxing stronger, the comely cock that vainly strives to crow from sleep his drowsy wives, who would be dozing longer. Uxorious Chanticleer, and hark, upraise thine eyes, and find the lark, that matutine musician, who heavenward soars on rapture's wings, though sought unseen, who mounts and sings in musical derision. A daughter hastening to prepare her father's humble morning fare, the sturdy reaper's meal. In russet gown and apron blue, the daughter sings, like Lucy, too, she plies her spinning wheel. Anon the early reaper hies to waving fields that clasp the skies, broad sheets of sunlit water. All these were heard or seen by one who stole a march upon that son, and then upon that daughter. This dainty maid, the hamlet's pride, a lambkin trotting at her side, then hide her through the park. A fond and gentle foster dam, maybe she slumbered with her lamb, thus rising with the lark. The lambkin frisked, the damsel fain would wile him back, she called in vain, the truant gambled farther. One followed for the maiden's sake, a pilgrim in an angel's wake, a happy pilgrim rather. The maid gave chase, the lambkin ran, as only woolly vagrant can who never felt a crook, but stayed at length as twere disposed to drink where tawny sands disclosed the margin of a brook. His mistress, who had followed fast, cried, Little rogue, you're caught at last, I'm fleeter, sir, than you. Then straight the wanderer conveyed where tangled shrubs and branching shade protected her from view. Of all save one. She glanced around, all fearful lest the slightest sound might mortal footfall be. Then shrinkingly she stepped aside one moment, and her garter tied the truant to a tree. Perhaps the world may wish to know the hue of this delightful bow, and how it might be placed. No, not from him, he only knows. It might be purple, blue, or rose. T'was tied with maiden taste. Suffice it that the nymph was fair, with dove-like eyes, and golden hair, and feet of lily dye. And though these feet were pure from stain, she turned her to the brook again, and laved them dreamingly. A while she sat in maiden mood, and watched the shadows and the flood, which varied with the stream. And as each pretty foot she dips, the ripples oop their crystal lips in welcome as twould seem. But reveries are fleeting things, which come and go on fancy's wings, now longer and now shorter. The fair one well her day-dream nursed, but when the light-blown bubble burst, she wearied of the water. Betook her to the spot where yet safe tethered laid her snowy pet, to roving tastes a martyr. But something met the damsel's gaze, which made her cry in sheer amaze, Good gracious, where's my garter? Yes, where indeed, the echoes there inquisitive responded, where, and mourned the missing fetter. 
a something else a little space must render duty in its place till banished for a better the blushing fair her lamb led home perhaps resolved no more to roam at peep of day together if chance so takes them it is plain she will not venture forth again without an extra tether a fair white stone will mark this morn he wears a prize one lightly worn love's gage though not intended of course he'll guard it near his heart till suns and even stars depart and chivalry has ended and knighthood he'll not envy you the crosses stars and cordon bleu which pride for folly barters he'll bear his cross mid mundane jars his ribbon prize and thank his stars he does not crave your garters end of poem this recording is in the public domain